I'm your host, Jeffrey, and you're listening to Gaysian, the show where I talk about what matters most to the gay and Asian community. The new Marvel movie Shang-Chi is clearly making moves, smashing box office records, holding the number one spot, and being the first Asian Marvel superhero on the big screen. Asians everywhere are like, that guy? That could be me. And I definitely thought that as I shove popcorn in my face. What's getting everyone excited other than Simu Liu's six-pack abs is the fact that Shang-Chi is now the second highest box office opening for any film released during the pandemic, only behind the other Marvel movie Black Widow, which stars another Asian, Scarlett Johansson, who's actually not Asian. Given the insane numbers, what's cringeworthy is that before Shang-Chi's release, Disney's CEO Bob Chapek described the movie to shareholders as, quote, an interesting experiment. He was describing Disney's distribution strategy, which was to release Shang-Chi in theaters first and then make it available on Disney Plus Premier Access 45 days later. So for those who hate wearing masks while watching a two and a half hour movie, sorry, but you're going to have to wait 45 days before you can watch it comfortably at home. Chebek called this different release model an interesting experiment and another data point for the company. And Shang-Chi star Simu Liu was not having it. He took to Twitter and Instagram saying, we are not an experiment before ripping off his shirt and blowing up his computer with the 10 rings. Bold move, Simu. He told the Disney CEO, what's up? Crossing that unspoken line in Hollywood to criticize a powerful white man. I will not be your experiment. Clearly, he didn't appreciate that Marvel's first Asian-led film was minimized as mere box office experimentation. Because make no mistake, this is Disney's first major return to an exclusive theatrical release since the start of the pandemic. It's a big deal. Everything before this was released on Disney+, Plus, including Cruella, which I thought was absolutely charming, brilliant, and so much fun. So fun. What makes the experiment comment even more cringe is the fact that Shang-Chi is the first Marvel movie with an exclusively Asian and Asian American cast. So calling the film an experiment was probably not cute. When everyone around the world is having conversations about just how important and monumental this movie means. Get with it, guy. Not everything is about business and numbers and strategy. Ugh, so lame and boring. Some of us care about the more important and deeper aspects of the film, like the epic dragon battle at the end, so much better than Game of Thrones. But wait, there's more. Some say Simu Liu overreacted, and that Chapek's intention was misunderstood. Ah, the classic intention versus impact argument. So, coming up on today's show, I talked to Richard Leong, an Asian-American consultant, to find out if Simu's reaction was too much. But first, make sure you hit that follow button and go to gaysian.media to subscribe to the monthly newsletter. All right, let's get into the interview. Hey, Richard, thanks so much for spending time with me today to talk Shang-Chi. But first, you are a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. You're a leadership coach for Asian Americans. What exactly do you do? 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. In terms of being a consultant, uh, that means that I help companies with all sorts of diversity, equity, inclusion sorts of issues and questions. Ultimately, you know, I think a lot of folks think about that work and they think about diversity first. Um, that's sort of the, the the entry point that most folks have to this work. But personally, I really see my work as really thinking about equity and inclusion, and the diversity comes as a result of equity and inclusion. I spend a lot of time working with companies around how to design systems and structures that are going to promote equity and inclusion. A lot of folks think about the diversity part first, which is really great. That's really important. And I know that's an entry point for a lot of folks. But my philosophy is we build for equity and inclusion and the diversity will come naturally as opposed to something that's performative. So that's the consulting side of my brain. Uh, I am also a leadership and identity coach for Asian Americans. This is a big thing for me that really started last year as I was kind of just watching a lot of Asian American folks have a lot of racial awakenings and starting to think about their identity within the context of Black Lives Matter and thinking about race um, in America. Uh, and I started to realize that I'd been so lucky to have been exposed to so many texts and, and books and, and leaders and friends who had spent some really intentional time thinking about their identity. And so I, I sort of put myself out there as a coach and just started having conversations with folks around what does it mean to you to be Asian American and what do you want to do with that? Do you want, How do you want that to show up in your life, in your work or whatever, right? Uh, and so that part's really exciting because I get to meet Asian folks um, really all around the world and just talk about identity and what's important to us. Right now, there are lots of conversations about Asians and Asian Americans. And given the rise in anti-Asian hate incidents that have been reported, given the Stop Asian Hate Movement, and now mainstream conversations about representation in the media, um, what do you think is most topical and relevant right now for the organizations you work with and the clients you work with? Yeah, I mean, what isn't topical right now? I, I think we're in an interesting space because we're recording this, you know, in August and a couple months ago in May during Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. I, I was just wildly busy for me and and folks that do work like what I do, you know. Um, I was waking up to tons of messages, folks wanting me to come in and speak, do workshops, do all these things, right? And it was, it was honestly a little bit too much. I've talked with other API professionals in space and we all talk about how like May is supposed to be this month of like celebration and joy. But for those of us that do like API work full time, sometimes it's like the hardest month because it's the most draining, right? But that being said, of course, you know, we're excited for all the visibility and the conversations that, that happened during that month. I'd say that in the space that we are in now in the follow up there, I personally, speaking from my personal experience, I see a lot less conversation um, and visibility of API folks um, just into the DEI space or even in the ERG space, which I think is, you know, understandable. It's, it's disappointing, but of course, predictable and understandable. The few companies and organizations where I think Asian folks are really well organized and really sort of, you know, continuing to push the conversation. I think we're in the long game now, like we're talking about how do we build systems and structures again, right? How do we pr be proactive? about um, supporting the API community and not reactive, which is where so much of the stop Asian hate like kind of movement uh, or work was around. Um, so that, that has its pros and cons as well. All right, let's get into the back and forth between the star of Shang-Chi, Simu Liu, and Disney CEO Bob Chapek. Simu Liu tweeting, we are not an experiment in response to a comment from Chapek. 
I know you're not a media reporter, but can you describe what happened? My understanding is that uh, a couple days before the premiere, which I was super lucky to go to, uh, a couple days before the premiere, Disney CEO Bob Chapek made a comment on an investor call or an earnings call, speaking not really about the film's content, but about the distribution strategy. I think my understanding is that they're trying something new out here where the film goes to theaters for a limited amount of time uh, only and then goes to, you know, Disney Plus's premiere access. And so, you know, he made a comment saying that this was going to be an interesting experiment, I think is the direct quote there. And what ended up happening is, of course, that quote got got out there and Simu Liu responded saying, like, we're not an interesting experiment, you know, and I say and I, I, I quote him, but also say we speaking about Asian folks broadly that we're not an interesting experiment, right, that this movie is significant to us. He said something much more poetic, but long story short, that this movie is incredibly significant in a way that's not just an interesting experiment. So it sounds like Chapek was describing a distribution strategy, but really wasn't aware of the impact of the word experiment, um, since he was using it to essentially describe a movie about Asians and Asian Americans. The president of Marvel, Kevin Feige, chimed in about uh, the situation and said it was a misunderstanding and that it was not the intention. This really reminds me of just the broader debate about intent and impact. So what are your thoughts about those who say Simu is misunderstanding or overreacting to the word experiment? I took a quick scan through Twitter and some of the articles when I saw this was going down and I saw a lot of folks, you know, calling out Simu saying that like, hey, this dude's being his, his outrage is performative. He clearly is purposely, intentionally misunderstanding Bob Chapek's quote. Um, and then I saw, you know, a lot of Asian folks on the other side being like, hell yeah, like we're not an interesting experiment, you know, like if you're going to invest in us, like this movie has significance. So I, I can totally see these, these parts at play here. My whole take on this is whether or not it is misunderstood or not is is actually not the point. I think sometimes in our conversations around intent versus impact, we have a tendency to sort of try to explain away impact by, by framing it under us like, oh, like they, would, they didn't intend to do that, you know. And sometimes I think that's a valid point to make. But at other times, I also think like we index way too hard on the intent. And it's like, look, if the impact was hurtful or harmful, then like we have to name that. Like we have to start from that point. And the reality is that I think Asian folks in entertainment, what we don't have is I think what Viet Tanwin speaks to of this idea of like narrative plentitude. Like we don't have a lot of opportunities to be on the silver screen or the gold screen or whatever it's called. I actually don't know what it's called. We don't have a lot of opportunities to be front center visible in the entertainment space. And so when you frame this as an interesting experiment and if we try to explain that only by saying like, oh, like the intention of that was just an investor's call. Really what that shows is that once again, I think for our folks in leadership and even our CEO, CEO here, they're not really thinking about this film and what conversations and discussion around it like mean to the folks for whom this is their only opportunity or this is a rare opportunity to really see themselves reflected. If it's a rare opportunity for Asian Americans to see themselves reflected, do you think Chapek should have been more careful about his word choices? And in general, do you think leaders should be more careful about the words they choose? And the thing that I always come back to is is power and context, right? Um, so for all, this is kind of a theoretical way to think about it, but when all of us approach a conversation with anyone, the words that we hear and the words that we use, those aren't meaningless, right? Like we react to and leverage and use words based on a prior context with them. And so when I think about this conversation and the way that it's being played out on Twitter and other spaces, it's so interesting to me that folks are quick to defend Bob Chapek 
under the sort of framework of like, oh, like the intent wasn't that he was making a comment about anything more than just investor earnings or distribution or whatnot, right? Like to me, it's like we have to go one level deeper than a conversation from intent versus impact. Let's talk about why this quote like feels like resonated so strongly with Simulu or why this quote is driving so much attention. It's reveal. It's it's an artifact, really, right? From a sociological sense, it's a revealing of the space of entertainment um, and the space of representation for Asian folks that we are hypersensitive to things like this. And so, yeah, I mean, like your your question was like, what should leaders be doing? I am consistently of the mindset that leaders should be living outside of their or breaking outside of their own bubble to, to any extent possible, and thinking about how their words and actions are being played and reacted to from other folks. It's a great point you bring up about going a layer deeper and asking why this comment is really resonating with people, especially those within the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. And I, I remember actually when I was at the premiere, there was there was this white guy who was kind of on the side who was sort of like yelling things like while celebrities were arriving. And I was like, oh, it looks like we got a protester here. And like, I'm not going to lie. I made some assumptions based on the fact that he visibly seemed to be white. Um, and then I and then I looked at the sign and the sign said we're not in or the sign didn't say we, but the sign, the sign said not an experiment. And so I was like, oh shit, like this guy is here because of that comment, right? And like it was hot out there in the sun in LA this in the summer. This guy was out there with a sign, like making noise about it. So so clearly this is resonating with folks, you know. What I'm gathering is that words aren't meaningless and that people react to certain words based on a prior experience or context. Um, one thing you said is that Asian folks would be hypersensitive to the word experiment. And I can already hear some people disagreeing and maybe saying there's no need to overreact or exaggerate. I personally don't think that being hypersensitive is such a bad thing. I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Like, for I'll, I'll give you a, a sort of simplistic example here. When I go out to eat at a non-Asian restaurant, I am hypersensitive to how much dairy is in this dish because I'm lactose intolerant. Like, I like literally ask the waiter like multiple times, like, "Hey, just want to make sure when I like when I order when the dish comes." I'm like, "Hey, just want to make sure," you know. Um, and I have like a rightful reason to do so, right? Um, and so similarly, I think you know if people use that when I say the word hypersensitive, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that as a question to prompt the follow-up of like, well, why, right? With every, I feel I feel this personally, like with any film that seeks to push the envelope on Asian representation or Asian American representation, I consistently feel the representation sweats of like, please don't be terrible, please don't be bad, please don't be problematic as hell. And the reality is, like, why do I feel so stressed, right? Like, literally on my way to the premiere, I was, like, so stressed because I was like, I hope this movie doesn't suck. And that stress comes from living in a reality where we just don't get that many options to see ourselves represented like this. We don't get that many options to see a large budget movie put towards folks that look like us, right? And so, of course, we're sensitive about it for all sorts of reasons. We're sensitive about it wanting to speak to us. We're sensitive about it wanting to be inclusive, to be done well to be taken seriously, like all of these things. Yeah. I want to talk more about representation and obviously seeing an Asian on screen where we are mostly underrepresented is incredibly important, but how important is representation in the Asian American movement? Is seeing an Asian on screen going to change how Asians are treated? Is it going to fix everything for us? 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I feel like this is a question that I'm not going to be able to give enough nuance to, uh, but I'm going to do my very best. <laughs> I'm a very future-oriented person. Uh, If you ever go to any of my workshops, you'll hear me say things like, we're building a world that's never existed before, or we have to be able to dream of our liberation, right? Like, I'm constantly thinking about the future. And I think the power of representation is that that sort of sets the baseline. Like, what we can see becomes what we can imagine at a very basic level. And then as we grow older and move up and get more experiences, we can begin to imagine one step even further. And so I think representation is really important and being able to give folks that 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 piece of being able to feel seen. Uh, when I was in, when I was a classroom teacher, we talked about this idea of curriculum at school being both uh, a, mir- a mirror and a window, uh, a mirror that reflects yourself, but also a window into the outside world. And so I think about all forms of representation um, as the need to be both a mirror and a window for Asian folks. Right. Now, that being said, um, as a middle class East Asian American living in Los Angeles, I often find myself in conversation and connection with a lot of Asian folks who are extremely passionate about this question of media representation and nothing else. And uh, dare I say, nothing further. Right. So I, I do think there's a tendency between some Asian folks because so many of us were brought into our racial awakenings by recognizing that we weren't being seen, that we weren't represented. Right. I do think that sometimes we over-index, we over-focus on this idea of like media representation will solve everything. Like, no, it won't. (laughs) I think community organizing, grassroots political movements, social justice work broadly, right? Like all of these things are genuinely necessary. But representation is also a piece of it, you know. To simplify that down, I actually had this conversation with a media executive a couple months ago. Um, They had asked me how excited I was about Shang-Chi. And I said, I'm I'm really excited about Shang-Chi. That's going to be super fun. It's going to be super dope. I'm even more excited about a documentary about Vincent Shin. I would be even more excited about a biopic about Grace Lee Boggs about, or about Yuri Kochiyama, right? Like if we can, if, if, if superheroes and crazy rich Asians are our pathway to getting funding for more stories, right? Like, cool, I'm all for it. But the superhero movie is not the Asian American representation I'm waiting for at the end of the day. I'm waiting for representation of the really badass grassroots social justice leaders that our community has produced and are continuing to produce. I couldn't have said it better myself, and that's why I appreciate you, Richard. Thanks so much for being on the show today. If folks want to reach out or connect with you, how can they find you? So my name is Richard Leong. Folks can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active primarily. You can just search for my name, Richard Leong, L-E-O-N-G. You can also find me on Instagram as Hangry Richard. That's H-A-N-G-R-Y Richard. And finally, my website is richardleong.com. I also have to go give a quick shout out to the Asian American Girl Club who gave away tickets to that Shang-Chi premiere, which is how I actually got to see it and why we're having this conversation. So shout out to the Asian American Girl Club on Instagram and also all other social media. Awesome. Thanks so much, Richard. Of course. Thanks, Jeffrey.